Hi folks, welcome to episode 14 of the Colour Tour. It is coming from Singapore, talking to Jinmin, and she is working at Iceberg, working on all sorts of genres. Let's see what she had to say. Ready to have some fun? If you look inside, you can see every possible colour. Jinmin, welcome to the Colour Tour podcast, Singapore. Hello, boys. How are you? I'm good. End of a long working day. Yeah, we are at the end of the working day. We are in a post facility called Iceberg here in uh, Singapore. And you don't work here full time, do you? You work here freelance. Is that the arrangement? Yeah. So I'm freelance. I come in as and when they need me for commercial short films, features. And... uh, what sort of uh, place is it primarily a bit of everything or is these guys commercials more or? Um, so the market in Singapore is changing. So post houses that used to specialize are now kind of more generalist. Same for Iceberg. So they started out mostly in commercials and some feature films, but now they're going into broadcast as well mm. and um, short films. So we've got a projector here do you do you turn that on when you're grading your features or uh yes i do in here but currently no we're on a commercial today right okay so let's uh let's let's talk a little bit while you mentioned the commercial let's talk about what what have you been doing what is it so today i'm doing a mcdonald's mcmuffin commercial great yes i love food Yes, so, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of food sort of uh, commercials in Singapore, isn't there? Yeah, it's a big market. It's probably the biggest paying commercial segment. Okay, for for and, and and is this ad just for Singapore? Yes, it is. So Singapore loves to specialize their food, so there's always a local version of whatever burger from right. all the fast food chains. And let's have a look. Let's just run a little bit of it. What's it? Okay, so this is um, shot on the Phantom. So they're doing a lot of post-grading speed ramps and stuff. So what you're seeing is really, really, really slow. Yes. But it's nice. It's shot anamorphic. Nice. Mm. And is this all shot locally by local DP and local production company? So this is interesting. The production company is Malaysian, yeah. uh, but the producer is Singaporean. Yeah. Director is Japanese. Wow. And the DP is Malaysian. Yeah. And post is by Singaporeans. Well, that's yeah. very, very mixed, isn't it? Very, yes. very cosmopolitan crew. So this is post, you're grading post them doing the effects and the ramps and things? No ramps yet. Uh, no effects. So most of the effects is grading sort of effects. Right, okay. Wow, that looks nice. I'm making me hungry already. Mm. That's the point. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I can see one of your power windows. Look. Oh, just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Bad joke, bad joke, folks. We all know it's the worst thing for a colorist, isn't it? I can see your windows. Uh, So Phantom, and you're running it Phantom Cine, so you've got quite a a system here because I often hear people say, I have real trouble with Phantom, can't run it, can't open it, it's really slow and... So you're running a Linux Resolve here? Yes, Linux Resolve for Titan Cards. Okay. 
good enough for Phantom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, easily, yeah. And do you work primarily with, uh, with Resolve or are you using other platforms? Right now, primarily Resolve. Yeah. yeah. It's mainly here in Singapore, in isn't Singapore. it? In Singapore. Well, it's made here. Great. Mm. Yeah, so it is. So let's uh, talk about a little bit more about this. So you've, conf you've conformed this. Is it like a, a rough ad edit with handles and there's a bit more work to do or is it more or less finished? Is that the yeah. standard thing you do here? You're conforming all back to the raw? No. So this is interesting. Um, it's not pick lock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's so, not unusual. These days, not unusual anymore. But um, everything, well, most of the stuff is slow-mo and the clients will decide after the grade where the in and outs are, what the speed ramps are. Right, okay. But the, the order of shots is pretty much there. Yes, so you've got an idea. Continuity is okay for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we're watching an egg being cooked in real time now. They're amazing cameras, aren't they? <laughs> so this is, we have switched to the Alexa now. Right, okay. So you got a mixture of uh, any other cameras in here or any of the two? There is Phantom, Alexa and a A7. Why, have you got, why is that in there? How does so that creep in? A7 is a, one of those green screen backplates. Oh, stuff. okay, yeah, well that's fine. Yeah. That probably works. It's okay. That's good. Good. No, it's a good ad. We're, we're, we're posting pictures in there and there'll probably be a link when it's finished. Things are pretty quick turnaround here, aren't they? Like you're on it yes. now. It's probably what, on the screen next week or something. Yes. So this was a pretty quick grade. We started at 10 a.m. We're done by 2. Yep. And four it was hours. just four hours of waiting for people to reply and yes. sign off. Yeah, that's all right. You get paid for that, though, don't you? We are paid by the day. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. good, pretty yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you learn more than what I'm paying you to do this. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's uh, talk about the kit in Iceberg because I know people are very interested about the standard of kit in the rooms and the different places we go in the world. So what's this monitor here we're looking at? So this is the big FSI uh, 55 inch, yes. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's very nice. Yes. Uh, and there's not many of these around anymore, I think, but uh, these were really popular a few years back and this one looks, this looks in good shape. So we're sitting directly in front of it. It's uh, yeah, 55 FSI. You've got the big Resolve panels. Yes. I can see that. Scopes, Ultrascopes, Linux system that is in a machine room. Yes, it's in a machine room. Um, everything here is centralized, which is great. So right. all the footage is shared with editorial effects grading. And they do quite a lot of visual effects here as well, don't they? Yes, they're known for visual that's effects. Where I've, that's yeah. where I've known them from before. So I suppose that grading has been a relatively new departure for them, I suppose, is it? Uh, I think in the past they specialized more on effects and they did grading. Yeah you know, f not so frequently on yes. feature films. And in Singapore, it's not many feature films. You average about eight a year. Yeah. So I suppose the good thing about the bigger, the bigger grading TV is that you don't have anything for the clients, do you? The clients, so the, let's so just explain. Everyone what, just looks at one screen. Well, yeah, that's good. Great. So w the setup here is the, 
we're at the sitting at the front of the room, but behind us there's a quite a high riser, and then the sofa's quite high up, so the view from the back of the room's quite good into the same TV, which I'm a bit of a fan of, and we're seeing more and more of these bigger TVs, your LG type, yes, as the main grading monitor, yes. which is a, a departure away from where we've obviously been used to, but it's just the size thing, isn't it? It's a good size, it keeps the calibration, it's got good viewing angles. So yeah. we had like seven people today, it's fine. And, well. the, the, and the, I've talked about this before, the the whole thing, especially when it's a, a big TV thing, not necessarily, I know a lot of things are internet as well, but when you're grading on a display that's smaller than what the people have got at home, you know, it's a oh, bit yeah. hard. It's nice to have something similar to what people have got at home now, which is this size, which is great. Yes. So, the, and the projector, what is that? Do you know what that is? I think that's the old... Is that the air conditioner uh, I'm looking at? That's it? the air conditioner. <laughs> Behind the wall is the projector. It's an old Christie um, HD. Yes. Yes. Can't remember the model number. But it's proper cinema grade Christie okay. projector. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been here once before, so I've been in here when... Uh, they were grading a movie, so I've seen that projector in, in. And this monitor just slips down into this like riser? Yes, it's cool. It's an electronic riser that goes up and down. So if wow. it's down, you get to see the projector screen. Do you ever just throw the projector up for the McDonald's commercials and go look at my fried egg on a big screen? I'd love to, but they don't keep it calibrated mm, all the time. Out. Yeah. yeah, so it probably wouldn't be such a plus thing. But this looks really cool. I, I don't really think there's any more of a wow factor if we did look at a fried egg, that bigger <laughs> or a happy a, a meal or whatever screen. they're selling this week. Yeah. So, uh, good. Good. So, let's let's go back. Let's start at the beginning. What what's What's your story? Uh, I, I came to grading in a very roundabout way. So I've always been interested in films. I Go back up. further. Go Where back are you from? I'm from Singapore, born and, and bred. Born and bred, original Singaporean. Okay, yes. good. And uh, I'm an only child, so the TV was my oh, babysitter, okay. yes. basically. So I knew I wanted to work in film and television. Yeah. Uh, my mom wasn't so supportive. So as a compromise, I studied mass communications yeah. journalism. Okay. So lucky for me, when they were doing internships, they ran out of spaces in yeah. journalism and I ended up in a hybrid sort of back when internet news was burgeoning. So I actually helped them with uh, internet news, which I kind of discovered that I really love editing. Yes. I love filming. I wasn't very good at it, which is how I discovered grading because yeah. I was Googling, you know, how do I fix crappy footage? <laughs> 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 yes. And unfortunately, when I graduated, there was no, um, there were two TV stations in Singapore at that time. One closed down. So literally half the jobs were just gone. So I started as a journalist. Right. Writing for media publications. So I got to speak with colorists, manufacturers like Peter Chamberlain from yep. Da Vinci. Uh, and I just put the word out like I'm keen to jump back into post-production. And it took about two years of being a journalist before someone was like, okay, well, we will hire you. Um, 
but even back then it was kind of tight. So I was a two day, three days in a post facility, two days I would work for another person that shares their office that sells systems, a okay. systems integrator. Yes. So that's where I learned mainly editing, color grading, because they um, don't teach that in schools. No, no, no. What year yeah. are we talking about? How long ago is this? 12 years. Wow. Yeah. So you were doing part-time editing. Was there any colouring then? Were you doing any colouring? What were you using? Did yes, you Apple Colour. Apple Colour, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I was very lucky. So the guy who taught me was a colour corrector. So he loves grading for broadcast safe. Yes. But nothing creative. Yes. Yeah, so that was his kind of main, uh, how, how the company earned money there was only yes. three of them um, and he taught me and it was on a short film so he was like okay you can go a little bit more creative and I did and the client liked it so for the next job he felt right why don't you take charge yeah so it's good it was a very quick start to grading yeah yeah and so where do you go from there what was your progression after that uh, so from the short film I did a couple of corporate videos yeah not very exciting, but straight away after that, I was on a documentary feature film, which was great because it's um, it's it's good training. It's not shot beautifully. Yes. You shoot with available light. Yeah. It was on tape. Yeah. There was archive footage, so it it was good learning experience. I yes. learned how to match shots to deal with different formats. You learn the technical side. Did, you were you under a time pressure for that, or did you have a bit more time because you were sort of Yes, I was very new and yeah. that project was kind of um, friendship rate. Yes. So the trade-off was we're going to take our time, we're going to put someone oh, junior helps. on it. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then, then where? Uh, so that company, interestingly, grew from a three-person operation to about six by the time I left six yeah. years later. Yeah. But in terms of job scope, we started with... Uh, corporate videos for like very small accounting films, internal stuff, all the way to stereoscopic films right. for Hong Kong. Okay, wow. Yeah, within that's, six years. Well, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, so I've done everything in between. Uh, but uh, would you still on Apple Colour when you were there or did you migrate? Was migrated. Was Resolve around then or not yet? Resolve was around, right. but they weren't great. I think it was version 8. Okay. It wasn't great at 3D, yes, as in yes. stereoscopic yeah. 3D. So we landed on Speedgrade. Okay, yeah. Back when it was owned by Iridas. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I remember. So I was probably the only user in Singapore, maybe Southeast Asia. How did you find it? Was it good? Uh, it was a lot of research and a lot of price comparison, as you know. Mm. And it came out to be kind of the most budget friendly, uh, easiest to work with in terms of there was only me. So I did all the color, all the depth grading. Even subtitles when you have to place it in 3D, yeah, that's wow. me. Wow. Yeah. So it was easy enough for one person to work on like an entire project from conform all the way to delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I uh, and that's what became uh, obviously speed grade as people would know it in Adobe. Adobe. But it had a life now, before that. Yeah. Uh, it's great because it was also a small company, so yeah. I talked to the CEO directly. Um, Patrick Palmer oh, yes. personally trained me 
Excellent. Yes. Yeah, he's a good lad, Patrick, isn't he's he? He's very good. Yes, when yeah. He flew into Singapore and trained me. Great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. So where did you go after that? Uh, so I took a little break. I actually joined Black Magic straight after. Right, okay. Mm. What were you doing there? So I was working for the Da Vinci side of things. Research, development, tech support, training, demo artist. Uh, at one point I was translating the UI. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of jobs then. Lots of jobs. It is really good. Uh, well, you learn, two years. Yeah, you get in there and learn a lot, don't you, that way. And you certainly would have learned a lot on the software just by demoing it and talking to colorists at different places, going to see them, you get to, well, you have to get to up to speed, don't you? Yes, that's the interesting part. Um, I, I got the job because it allowed me to talk to other colorists. So in Singapore, most post facilities were solo. There is one colorist in one place. So you don't get to talk to anyone else. Well, that's right. There's only one staff colorist in Singapore, really. Per, I mean, per facility. There oh, is, per facility. Yeah, okay, so there right, is yeah. no facility that has more oh, than one, one usually. Staffer. And there wouldn't be many staff people anyway, would there as well? Would yes, there? they're all small companies. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity just to talk to other colorists as a peer. Yeah. Um, and just to see how different people work in different parts of the world as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So that was two years. So you came out of there. Uh, yeah, so once. and I, I I felt a little itchy. I wanted to go back into being creative again. Yeah, because you've seen a lot of things, I suppose, and you thought, oh, I want a piece of that action. Yeah, so when I was at Da Vinci, I actually freelanced as a colorist on weekends and nights. Yes. Yes, so uh, after two years, I felt like, okay, I should give it a, a real go. Um, and a new facility has just opened up back then. It was... Uh, called Mocha Chai. Yes, I've been there. Yes. Yeah. You've been there. Yeah, I've been there when you were there. Yes. So uh, it was great because they built a new theatre. Yeah, so it's a good spot. It's a very nice theatre grading place with Dolby Atmos, yeah. you know, fully kitted out. Yeah. And they were going into HDR and film scanning. So I joined them because it was really exciting. Like, I love technology. How does it work here? Do they go, here's a job, here's a salary, or do you go... I'd like to work here, this is what I want to learn. I know, so they courted me for about a year. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. Right. And you kept saying, I need more money, I need more money. Oh, no, I, was, I enjoyed being in Da Vinci, you travel, yeah. meet people. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, at the same time, I, I felt like I should be grading again. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good thing. Uh, Dan Moran did exactly the same thing. He worked for, for about, I don't know, about three years for Black Magic as their demo guy. Yeah. And he'd come to Vegas with us and He'd pick our brains about things, and he, and then he'd say, "Like I'm going to, I'm going to start. I'm going to break away and become a colorist. You know, yes. lads, show me all your tips." That's the worst <laughs> Irish accent. Sorry, Dan. Uh, and uh, he did. And fair play to him. He's done really well. He's doing very well. But he came similar route like that, and obviously met a lot of people when he was working for Black Magic. Yeah. And you've got to make the best of any job that you're in. If you're in that job then meeting people is going to be the thing you're going to do and you've got to use that to your own advantage and obviously you did. Yes. Great, so Mokachai, then you've obviously moved on from there because you're sitting in here and you're freelance. Yes, um, so I quite like the freedom of being a freelancer mm. because in Singapore, 
even though most post houses go a bit general, they still have their niche. Yeah. Like some would do uh, only blockbusters, some would only do indie films or, you know, a certain type of commercials. Like Iceberg does a lot of car commercials, so this is like one of their first few, one of their rare few fast foods. Yes. Um, and when I was in Mokachai, it was nothing but long form. So the sense of satisfaction took a long time. Yeah. You, you would be on a project for six months and then it would complete. And right. then you're exhausted. Yeah. yeah. So I quite like being a freelancer now because I can juggle between long form, short form, and take a break. I can travel. You work on Asia's top model as well? No, uh, I worked for the company what that shot again? that, Refinery. Yes. They do that here, don't yeah, because they? they do a lot of reality TV, yes. and me being the food lover, worked yeah. on all the other food shows. All right. Yeah. So there is quite a lot of variety here, then. I think so. Not many have been been through grading, so I think they're starting to do more of it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. cool. That's good. Mm-hmm. So now in here doing this, roughly, I don't know how many. <laughs> days a week do you work and how many different shops do you go and work in do you have your own gear as well like if someone said yes you, I do. you do so you could do if someone said can you do this or do you want to bring this kit to my office as a feature film to grade you could do that yes so i actually was uh putting together my own kit while i was at da vinci and i had enough over a year to well, every night you'd walk out with a different bit of equipment <laughs> But I'll walk out with a salary. Yeah, you're yeah. sharp. Yeah. Oh, JP's walking out with something under her arm again. There goes the panels. Oh, I should have done that. Yeah, you should have. No. I have enough. Uh, I have a Mac Pro, so that the kitted out trash can maxed yes. out. Yeah. Um, three reds. Yeah. Yeah, because I do a lot of long form. So yes. I have three Thunderbolt reds at home. Yes. Um, and that was enough for me to do a feature film shifting from Singapore to Shanghai to Korea and back to Singapore again. All right, all right. this is cool. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go outside and we'll explore and maybe get a cold drink. I will say, folks, it is very hot. This might be the hottest location we have done a colour tour. Well, today is. It's pretty stinky out there. Yeah. You wouldn't know you've been in here grading patties and burgers and and it's freezing it makes me hungry we have to go to ronnie's all right let's do that let's get some food great the international colors academy specializes in classroom training around the world the classroom is the ultimate way to learn so whether you want to become resolve certified or learn the subtleties of hdr grading the ica has a class for all levels beginner to master class Find us at icolorist.com. So we've just left Iceberg and we are on the streets of Geylang, which is just outside of the main city of Singapore. Is this a, a, a post hub? Uh, Jumbin? Uh, no, it's actually an interesting place. It was a red light district. So kind of a dodgy area, but right. um, also very industrial. It's, it's like anywhere in Asia, there's plenty going on. And we're just about to hit the 
durian, well if you don't know, if you've not tried it, it's a rather smelly fruit. Are you it's a fan? Smelly. No, I'm not. I'm one of the few Singaporeans that hate the smell and hate the taste. Yeah, it's, it sort of looks like it's going to be like a banana or a pineapple and it could be quite tasty, but it's far from it. And there's lots of guys, there's lots of stalls here selling the fruit. So if you get a chance to try it, um, personally I'm not a big fan, but we're right in that centre. So it's very bustly market type place that we're in. It's very hot as well. Is it normally this hot? Are we? Is this is this like your summertime or how does it work? Yeah, here? it's um, getting hotter now. I think it's 35 today, so it's very hot, very humid. Um, not much rain. No. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just pretty sticky. Like we've only been walking five minutes, and already you can feel the the, the stickiness the humidity of it yes. is it a, a post hub around here are there other post houses agencies what is what's it like here in singapore are they how does it work so it's a little bit more scattered now um there used to be a post hub in town so it's a bit like soho in london where it's the middle yeah and you're near all the brands that you work for yeah but now as you know, rent has gone up, most people kind of move to more industrial areas. And one of the cheaper industrial areas that's close to town will be here, yeah. Geylang. Um, and where I used to work, Mongka Chai, which is like just one train station down. Yeah. Yeah, so, but it's pretty funny. I had a client who uh, was telling his friend, oh, I'm in Geylang in the dark with a girl which was me we were grading <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah if you're a singaporean it sounds really bad yes yeah i know i get that reaction whenever i say to any singaporeans where my hotel is or where their media asylum office is and they there's raised eyebrows oh yes Especially but i think the place has a lot of character to it so i quite like it it's quite interesting and mm. that's what you want when you go somewhere different to where you live yeah, so we're just walking past like a Islamic school, yeah. which is next to a temple. Yes. Chinese temple and a Thai temple. There's a bit of everything here, isn't there? Yeah, just on one street. So, the other post houses, there's like they're pretty scattered. The agencies have been in the city, I suppose. Uh, no, actually, uh, the agency, one of the biggest ones yeah. that I've been doing work with for McDonald's, they've relocated to Changi Business. Oh, uh, have they? Wow. And um, another one in uh, Media Police, yeah. which is, well, I guess the new media hub. Yeah. But it's mainly broadcast, not That's so much enough. advertising. We're nearly going to get run over. Yeah. So. Here's the bar, hopefully they've uh, not got a rock band playing. This bar is called Bar Laron. So uh, we're going to enter in here. Here we go. Yeah, it's great. What are you drinking, JV? I'm having a beer. A whole garden, I have a Guinness. It's uh, brewed here, actually. And I must admit, I've had Guinness in a few towns. And uh, this one is pretty good. It's quite a nice drop. So, and it's very cold, which is we've just saying how hot it is. It's it's really nice. So, so I called you JB. Yes. Now, how did that come around? 
So I have a very difficult name uh, for most people. No, just, even like just 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 white is a problem. No, really, even <laughs> even Chinese people. Do they? Yeah. So how do you so, say it properly? It's Jin Bing. Jin Bing. Yes. Right. And the word for Jin has been discontinued in simplified Chinese, so it's it's difficult to type. Right. Okay. Yeah. So at first glance, no one can read my name. Right. Um, and it's also kind of manly sounding. Yeah. And it's interesting because in Singapore, most colors are men. Yes. And when they hear my name, they expect a man as well. All right. So if I start the session in the dark, they're usually surprised to find a girl. Really? Yeah. So, so how long has it been JV? Does that go back a while? All, all the, yeah, since I was in school. Right. They, I mean, it, it came about because they thought it was funny, but I just embraced it. Yeah. yeah. A bit like the famous Joachim Zell, Jay-Z. Yes. I met him because he thought yeah. someone was calling him, yeah. but they were calling me. Yeah. Hmm. He likes a pint of Guinness in the bar. It's very German. Mm-hmm. He is. So, we were talking about the scene here in Singapore. Is there quite a lot of work here? Do you think? Or in relation to Asia, it will probably be quite quiet, wouldn't it? Uh, it's been interesting because the commercial world has been sort of drying up a little bit. We're losing jobs to other countries in the area like Thailand, Jakarta, Vietnam. Yeah. But internally, like Singapore itself has got more jobs because the government has seen, like, they have given a lot of initiative, putting money into media. So they are funding programs like short films, series, yeah. even films. Um, so there is still a lot of work. It's just not mm. commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of the other graders that are in town, mm. do you do you know all of those people? Do you hang out with them? Do you have gatherings? Go to the pub? That sort of thing. So I'm very lucky. Uh, having worked at Da Vinci, I know most of them. Yes. But because Da Vinci is so prevalent and it's cheap to learn Da Vinci in Singapore, you get a lot of discount. There's a lot more new people that I don't get to meet. Yeah. 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 So I do get together with the, the I would call the full-time freelancers yes. or the yeah. full-timers. Yeah, which how many people would that be? I personally, I know maybe about eight of them. Yeah. Eight or nine of them. That's what I was going to say. It'd probably be around ten, yeah. Yeah, including me, it'll be ten. And then you've got, as we said earlier, you've got the people that have got the staff positions yes. in a number of companies. And what, that might be ten? Ten companies that have got staff people doing colouring? Or they're no. people that still do everything? Just dedicated colorists. Less than that. Really? Yes. Um, so a lot of places have either let go of full-time colorists. I was a victim of that. I know a couple of people was a victim of that around the same time. So I yeah. think it was a sign of industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're lucky because we can go freelance and we've all survived. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. That's good. Yeah. And what do you what do you want to do going? Uh, in the future going forward do you want to concentrate like on the commercials like what we've just seen or do you want to get more into long form oh I love long form so I actually do a lot more long form than commercials right. so you caught me on a very different day yeah yeah 
because uh, I love stories and I just think it's at my position right now I've done grading for about 10 years I'm pretty okay but I feel like I need a lot of practice yeah so long form gives me the opportunity to just keep working yeah. on my craft yeah. but at the same time I want to work on bigger projects where I'm not also doing the conform and pouring the coffee doing the rendering and yeah. laying subtitles it's not so fun is it yeah, yeah. I'm so. with you I'm with you there I'm hearing you so obviously Netflix's hub centre is in Singapore yes they have you know quite a number of people here and they're trying to invest a bit more time into the host industry which I think is really needed here especially in Asia because they really do yeah. you know the requirements are quite hard it's a steep leaning cu learning curve and they realise that and they're, they're obviously pushing up the the standards and they've got standards there set which are not always the best in Asia mm -hmm. and then what I've seen in my travels would you like to do more long-form Netflix type shows yes yeah, just anything that involves a bigger team yes because I do miss as a freelancer I don't get to work with um, like people from the beginning to the end of the project yeah yeah and I kind of miss that in a facility you work with people who are editing who are DITs all the way through the DCP guys so that's kind of nice I like to know where in the big picture I fit in yeah. yeah yeah no I think it's exciting it's a move I mean the quality of the TV drama over the last five years has really leapt up I mean I think that's you know a slight negative I suppose to the cinema industry which has probably dropped off certainly in Australia with box office and the type yeah. of films we're seeing in the cinema yeah. you know it, something's got to give and it's going to be that you know families are probably not going to go people are not going to go uh, so they even say that the birth rate's down because people are sitting in watching Netflix and not you know not going really? out meeting other people yeah oh right yeah so they blame Netflix for the birth rate dropping off that's interesting because in Singapore, all the feature films um, in pre-production, they are deciding what to shoot based on where they can sell it to. Right. So they're not looking at the cinema being the final delivery, but more of like, oh, can we sell it to Netflix? Can we sell it to some kind of online platform? Yeah. Should we shoot in 4K? Yeah. Well, that's now really a feature film. If we're looking at a movie and we're looking where the money is going to be gathered from it's probably not from cinema is it no i think probably earning a lot more streaming streaming pay on demand anywhere they can go airlines wherever unless we're talking the huge big blockbusters everything else yeah probably the main requirement is not cinema the yeah. main requirement now is not not a dcp probably it's you know it's a device yeah, yeah. so talking to devices what do you say to the person that says, oh, it doesn't look like this on my, when I got back to the office, it didn't look like it looked oh. like iceberg, my egg McMuffin. <laughs> what, what do you say? It's a common problem. Mm. Um, I try to explain it. Like there is one hero monitor you should trust. Yes. And it has a good chance of looking good on many, many devices yeah. versus me making it look good on your phone and it doesn't look good anywhere else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. It, it, we often talk about it on this podcast, and it is a, a worldwide problem. We've all got the same problem, so it's good to know. Do you have the problem of pe- people wearing tinted glasses now? Because uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recently had a client who had one yeah. of those blue light cancelling yes. yeah. glasses on. Mm. And I couldn't tell until he, like, the comments came in and I was like, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Were you very polite? Excuse yeah, because we're sat in front of the same monitor. Yeah, and you're thinking, hang on, what's this, what's this guy looking at? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I normally ask this question. Uh, have you had any sort of bad fails or uh, cocktails are coming? <laughs> any, any, any bad fails or any sessions that went badly wrong or anything you can tell us about that you can remember or God, bad fails. Um, there are so many. I think just because you're learning, when you go back and you look at what you've yeah. done a year ago, two years ago, but you no one walked out. No bit. one walked out the room or anything like that. No, no one got no. and went. I'll never work with you again. Or no. you'll never work in this town again. I'm really lucky. So no bad reactions from clients. Just Good. myself, me being critical of my own work. Um, yeah. So, so say you get into a bit of long form. Where do you yeah. see yourself? You see yourself staying in Singapore? Do you like to go and work overseas? What's your, what's your plan? I'd like to work overseas. Yeah. Um, Singapore's growing, but I think it will take a long time to get to where... England or Hollywood will be and I'm kind of getting older I want to get my foot in before hey, it's so too how are you going to go because a lot of people are interested in this people are often asking me how could I work overseas how do you do it and obviously a lot of people have done it yes so it is possible it's not easy but it's possible to do how are you going about that how are you looking for a job overseas so right now I'm just researching, I'm talking to a lot of people who have done it, how they have done it, and what works in which country. So for example, in Singapore, nobody really uses LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. it's not all that reliable, yeah. but if you go to Hollywood, it's almost like your CV. Yes. So before I went to talk to people in Hollywood, I had to make sure my LinkedIn is up to date. At IMDb page. Yes. Yep. Everything I've done is listed on there. Yeah. And a lot of the filmmakers in Singapore don't list their films on IMDb, so I'm having to create. Oh, you're doing the it. entry okay. That's for, good them. for them as well. Yeah. That's good. But it would be just the title and then one person yeah. <laughs> in there right now, which is me. Good. Yes. That's good to know. Yes. You you've got to be totally organised if you're you have teaching to yourself. Yeah, you got to hustle. You've got to be totally organised. Get your site, your website, your IMDb, all the things you mentioned. Then you've got to hustle out there. You've got to get out there and go and meet people. You've got to be hungry mm. and you've got to be passionate. But I think you have to know where you're applying to because the younger people I've spoken to, they don't ask for IMDb. They ask for your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Instagram is now the new CD. It is. I yeah. know. It's amazing power in Instagram. It's unbelievable. People sometimes just contact me on Instagram. And it's funny because they got my number. <laughs> they could ring. No, they love you using Instagram I to think chat. So. Yeah, yeah, chat and go, you know, what are you doing? Can you create this job or you're around or you're in town? Yes. I think you've got to be across all of these things. 
Yeah. yeah, but I think it's just how people do things now. They're how just often talking. do you post stuff? Like, are you going to go home oh, and post no. that Egg McMuffin picture tonight? So, I've been really busy since I created a professional account, separate from my oh, personal. Right, okay. Um, so, there's been like two posts on it right now. Yeah. I'm going to be good and get on that soon. It is important. It's a balance though, isn't it? How much is too much? What platforms do you post? And it's quite hard because sometimes you can't post, obviously, until it's been released or it has to go to a festival. You can't share anything. You've got to get all the right permissions. So, I'm, you know, I've done a couple of features this year. I'm just waiting on when they can come out and when I can talk about them and write blogs and things. So, but you do need to do that and follow up. And you've got to remind people you're around, haven't you? You know. Yeah, so now people kind of judge you by how frequently you post on Instagram. So to me, I'm thinking, I'm busy, I shouldn't post. But to them, they're thinking, oh, she's not busy at all, she's not posting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah right. Where's my phone? I need to post something. <laughs> all right. So it's, it's been great chatting, and uh, the bar is pretty quiet. It's early, it's very early still, we're only about 7.30, so things are not warming up yet. Not yet. But uh, we uh, are going to have a few more here and continue our chat. But thanks to everybody listening to the Colour Tour. Hope you've enjoyed our chat. Remember, all the older episodes are available, so if you've enjoyed it and you want to listen to our back catalogue, you can do. And uh, that's it from Singapore. See you guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please tune in next month for another edition. If you have enjoyed the pod, then please leave feedback on iTunes or iColorist.com. Who would you like to see featured on the next Color Tour podcast? You can contact me at Color Tour Pod on Twitter.